Hey everyone, welcome to Inflow with Change, the podcast that tells you all there is to know about how to tap into your own deeper knowing. This show is for people who are ready to let go of their armors, explore unknown territories and invite more curiosity into their lives. People who are ready to let go of perfectionism and what they think they should be and simply be who they truly are. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to invite you to listen with an open mind and a honest heart, to explore the triggers that some episodes may arise in you and flow through them with kindness towards yourself. My name is Sara Bigatti, an Italian living abroad. I am a human being, first of all, on a journey of continuous exploration and with the intention to live my life in the most authentic way. I'm a qualified movement and breath coach, fascinated by the human body in all its forms and capacities. After years in the personal training industry, which still is a great part of my work today, I encountered animal flow and discovered a new layer of connection with my own body. At the same time, I started exploring the magic of our own breath, and what it means to be present with it. This journey, which is a never-ending one, is allowing me to let go of layers that do not serve me anymore and be fully present here and now. Do not be surprised if, in a few years, you will meet a different version of me. I believe in our transformative nature. Sometimes it feels we do not have a choice, but most of the times we do, It is a matter of perspective. I am so excited to be sharing with you concepts and ideas, conversations with amazing people, experts and professionals I have encountered along the way and have in their own way sparked my curiosity to ask even more questions to them, to myself and to life. Thank you all for listening and flowing with me. Hello. Welcome to today's episode. Today we are here with with Laura Arts and Laura is a water polo player for the Dutch national team and she is playing also for Hungary for DFVE and maybe she will say a little bit more about that. Um, There's more about Laura. Uh, She is a physiotherapist. She's studying for that and she is in the process for it. And she is a trainer inside the water polo team and outside the water polo team. I will just leave her the, the words. She maybe wants to introduce herself a little bit. And uh, just, uh, for, uh, just, yeah, just go for your introduction. Then I will introduce, introduce better the topic of today. Yes. Now, now yeah, like you said, um, my name is Laura Arts. And um, I do play for the national water polo team. And um, I also play in the club in Hungary. It's called uh, DFA. Um, I won't bother you with the name of the city because it's too complicated, <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe um, there are some people from Hungary listening, so yeah, uh, yeah that's you never true. know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's Dunajváros, so okay. uh, it's, it's a small city, a one-hour drive from Budapest. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, I do study uh, physiotherapy in, uh, in Utrecht. Uh, I'm in my third year now and it's going very well. It's very interesting. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah that's a little bit about me. 
Cool. And for who doesn't know, but Utrecht is well close to Amsterdam, so Netherlands. Yeah, just yes, to yes. specify. Um, yeah, nice. And uh, what about the part of the training that you do within the water polo team and outside as well? That's also part of your side job. Can we call it like that? Yeah, yeah, true. It, it, it is. Of course it is. Uh, I give a training in the water polo. Like um, I give training to young teams and I also give training uh, specific to goalies uh, because I am a goalie. Um, and also outside of the water, I give training to uh, people like, for example, pregnant and uh, pre uh, mm. uh, women who just gave labor uh, just outside. It's like fitness and then all full body workouts. Um, so that's what I do um, besides studying and playing water polo. <laughs> that sounds a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, before going into too many questions, otherwise we start talking about everything, I just want to introduce very briefly the, the topic of today. Uh, what we want to talk about and the reason why I have Laura here, Laura or La Laura, Laura, <laughs> as you like, both. <laughs> yes. um, it's because I want to talk about what polo specifically and the kind of training that is done within water polo, the kind of training that is done not much inside the water, but more on land. So the preparation training and um, taking also a different perspective, the perspective of Laura as a trainer, as a physio and as a player, but also the perspective of me where as a movement coach that teaches something about movement, which is a little bit different from the standard way of training. So I want to explore that a little bit and I want to explore how different approaches to training may be helpful to the progress of athletes within the water polo environment. Before even introducing that, I would love you to tell us a little bit more about water polo because you mentioned you are a goalie and uh, everybody knows what a goalie is in the foot in football. But then what about water polo? And yeah, a little bit how water polo is such a strong sport and a heavy sport in a way. And a little bit about what the different roles are. Just yeah, for thinking that who is listening doesn't know anything about it. Yeah, it's, it's actually a good idea. I mean, a little bit of explanation about water polo. A lot of questions I get is like, can you stand in the water? And no, you cannot. You <laughs> have to do how we call it, egg beaten uh, in the water to stay above the water. Um, that's what makes water polo so heavy. And uh, for me as a goalie, um, I have to jump um from egg beaten and from breaststroke legs you know like normally you swim breaststroke in front like easy head up but i have to jump all the way up like put out my full body and stretch my arms above the water to be able to save of course and if i had to guess how big the goal is because i don't know in centimeters but i would say the goal is one meter above the water um and it's about two meter and I don't know, five or 10 centimeter um, length. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty big goal. Um, and for the players, uh, yeah, they, we play with a, with a water polo ball and you can maybe uh, see it like a football because it's mm -hmm. almost just as big. Uh, for the men, it's just as big as a football. 
And for the women, it's a little bit smaller. We have smaller hands and smaller bodies. So we use a smaller mm. ball. Um, and yeah, players have to not just jump. They have to uh, swim a lot. They have to change directions all the time. They have an opponent who is uh, pushing them, holding them or swimming with them or behind. It's always somebody is with you in water polo. Like it's one against one. Um, so yeah, you play with six players in the water uh, plus one goalie. So it's seven against seven. And from that, uh, everybody goes to the attack and everybody goes to the defense, except for the goalies, of course, they stay in the goal. Um, but that's why we have to swim a lot. And because it's physics against one player, it's very heavy sports. Like you don't have only the water around you. You have somebody who is pulling you back and forwards because they want the ball, of course. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit um, explanation about the water polo. You, you play with this ball, you try to score together. The ball cannot go underwater. Um, it's a good, important thing to know, I think. Um, so yeah, it, it's, um, you know, in the water, there's no gravity. So you have to do basically everything yourself to move every, dry up, every direction. Yeah. What, what do you mean, sorry, for you need to do everything yourself in order to move? I'm not uh, sure I understand. Yeah, because like, um, for example, um, on land, you can use the ground to push mm. um, with other sports. I don't know, you have tools to use, um, yeah. but we, we don't have that. We have to use our own body to make a breaststroke or egg beaten to move yeah. our body or with our arms like we cannot push to uh, anything like sometimes our opponent but <laughs> even that uh, it's, it's not really allowed so that's why <laughs> we have to use every muscle in our body to move yeah 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 that's pretty pretty yeah good explanation i just want to clarify a few points so you talked about um the egg beaten legs is that correct yes. so um it's hard to describe that movement with words, <laughs> but let's yeah, give it yeah. a try. I will link some videos after of you or like mm -hmm. make a post on Instagram. But um, yeah. Actually, it, it, the, the best way for me to describe it is like if you do breaststroke legs, both of your legs are moving the same way at the same time. Mm. But with egg beaten, it's like one leg moves after the other. So mm. you have a continued stream, uh, continued power, uh, what keeps you moving. You yeah. can always see with beginning water polo players, they move like left to right. They are like, um, you know, a boat in the water with a lot of waves. But mm. during you start to learn to control this egg beating, so the one by one moving your legs separate, you start to be stable in the water. So yeah, interesting. The only way how I could explain mm, the best way in words. Yeah, that's uh, that's well explained. And I'm just wondering is that movement that which allows you to stay up above the water. Yeah, yeah, it is the yeah. movement. It's the movement when we are uh, passing the ball mm -hmm. or when we are even lay still in the water to watch where is my player, watch where is the ball, watch is, where is my opponent. 
uh, always when we are inside the water, when we are not swimming, we use egg beaten, like yeah. always. Yeah, yeah. And um, interesting what you said also about the part of the question that you receive quite often is that can you stand in the water? Because it actually looks like you're standing in the water. I've tried sometimes to jump out of the water and try to stay there. <laughs> it doesn't work, really. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah. I, I do understand why people ask me this. Like, for me too, as a goalie, like, most of the times the goal is on the side of the pool. And they, you know, there's a little um, uh, area on the pool where a lot of people standing when they are hanging uh, yeah. on the side of the pool. Uh, but I cannot push from there. Everything I do is for my own legs. And... Um, with the breaststroke legs you can jump in one speed and one power really high and with egg beaten you can go up um, um, slowly and stable like yeah you're not moving too much up and down with breaststroke legs you move up and down up and down yeah with the egg beaten it makes you be stable in the water and stay up for longer time up. yeah yeah the more yeah. intensive you use egg beaten the more higher up you will be. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, so what I would like to do, because now it's getting quite, in, I'm quite fascinated by this movement of the legs and the stability that you need to be able to create and that when you start water polo, for example, uh, you don't have. Uh, but I would like to keep it a little bit more general to start with and then we dive deeper into that. So okay. what we mentioned is that we have different elements we talked about the strength that you need to have we talked about this the constant swimming that you need to do so there's a lot of conditioning involved and you get tired very like you can get tired really fast right yeah. and you need to be ready for it and then there's these explosive movements that you need to do and the change of direction so it's a it's a little bit of everything but yeah. what i remember is uh, the the interval is quite short in a way, is it? Um, yeah, maybe there's a, a kind of interval uh, because every team can have an attack from 30 seconds. So you mm. are swimming, let's say, 10 seconds. It will take for everybody to go to the other side. When everybody is there, you have 20 seconds left to play. Uh, but even in this playing, you're not laying still, just like we talked about. Like you always do egg beaten. You always have an opponent next to you who is busy with making sure you don't get the ball. And there's always people swimming because there are tactics for it. Um, and in water polo, you can change like constantly your players. There's not a limit. Mm. Um, so you can have a lot of rest. Just you need to be able to get the change. Um, so there's maybe a little bit interval in the swimming part and laying still. I, I do with the mm. marks because it's not really laying still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's really water polo. You have to be able to have a little bit of everything. And that's yeah. what makes it heavy. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering also when uh, someone starts with water polo, because um, how does that process work? Because if I imagine myself going into water polo, I actually tried when I was a kid. I was swimming, I was doing races, and then I tried a water polo, but I got super tired. <laughs> but <laughs> I imagine uh, new people that start, new kids that start playing water polo. What are the first steps to actually get their body used 
and not only physically used, but also the conditioning used to water polo game? Um, well, the first things you have to learn is um, how to swim. That's very important. And also how to do the egg beating. I think these are the two difference in the water polo, the two um, main uh, subjects you need to play the game. And the best way to train your condition is swimming. And yeah. swimming is uh, usually uh, freestyle. Mm -hmm. But also we swim all kinds of like breaststroke, butterfly and backstroke. We, we use everything. And you can train like aerobe and anaerobe. It's like in every sport, exactly. you know, you, yeah. have, you have this still also in swimming and in water polo. So um, for a long, uh, during condition, we swim a lot of aerobe, like long, long time. Sometimes we end the water one hour just swimming. <laughs> and the closer you get to a game, the shorter the, um, the swimming will be. So you go more mm. and more to aerobe, uh, maybe to shuttles. Maybe you know this. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's a, so it goes to little intervals, like, like, um, swim up and down three times, you rest a little bit and again, and again, and again, yeah. and uh, like that, the intensity gets higher because you have to swim 90% instead of 60% speed. Um, but also you have more times rest and yeah. like, this can be the difference. And, and I think this is the, the only way. Uh, to train your condition for water polo like mm. just do it swim up and down <laughs> up and down up and down and um, yeah then there are a lot of elements how to learn to move from the swimming position that's horizontal from egg beaten position what is vertical yeah so there are different techniques for it so yeah. that's why a young player needs to learn egg beaten like first of all yeah and swimming so moving swimming. from one to the other yeah yeah, yeah makes sense from one to the other yeah, yeah. i think we've uh, have a very good overview of what water polo is and before diving into one of the main topics that we want to talk about which is injuries because it's one of the things that actually it's so much connected with the way um, water polo players are trained outside the swimming pool so outside the game uh, what I would love to know is to have an overview of how does a water polo training for someone that plays in the national team. So we're talking about like high level players that do that as one of the main things in their life, despite the fact that you also study and you also work. <laughs> but how does a training look like except the technique part in the water? Um, yeah, so you mean like everything what we do outside of the water? Yes, and I would love you to use a bit of a critic with this. <laughs> so I don't want to go only the description of it, but mm -hmm. also how you as a player, so if you can shift a different perspective, so as a player, as a trainer, as a physio, you can mix yeah. them, of course, merge them together, but I would yeah. love to touch critical points of it as well. Yeah, Um you know, it's very really important. And I think with every sports, when you are on a high level, it's about perfection. You know, you want to make every moving, every shoot, every pass or every tactic you want to make perfect. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> to do that, you need to um, every time repeat 
exercises, they repeat movements. And we do them in all kinds of combinations. Like, okay, I would tell you as a goalie because um, that's where yeah. I know the biggest part from. Um, for goalie, it's very important to jump and, and to save, you know, like this is the main part. But that's what everybody thinks. For a goalie, it's much more important to do different kinds and, and um, at the same time. Like we have to overlook the ball. We have to communicate with our teammates. And at the same time, we have to move our body constantly because we cannot lay low in the water. We always have a certain uh, level where we have to be up in the, inside the water uh, to be ready for any kind of shoot. So we have um, egg beaten, we have the sliding. And <clears throat> yeah, sliding is, I think harder to explain this. Um, <laughs> it's like swimming sideways. <laughs> it's like yeah. moving one side and always again from horizontal, come back to vertical. Every single uh, sir. Yeah, sorry. Like, would it make sense to imagine you have a wall in front of you, a wall behind you, and you need to slide in between the whole yeah. walls? Yeah, yeah? It's, it's like that. Yeah, it's it's a good uh, example for in, in words. Um, so this is also something that we have to do. We have to move from side to side and up and down because when we jump, we go up. And um, we cannot fall down deep in the water again because you never know the next action will be mm -hmm. the ball is always moving um, so in this part um, our body needs to be moving all the time we, we don't get any rest whenever we are in the defense um, so to train this I think do it do it like 10,000 times um, until you can do it with your eyes closed and this mm. is best way um, to train I think and of course you have a lot of techniques to do something to learn something but in the end um, if you want to learn something uh, to your body and you want to do it on a high level of stress it needs to be in your body like on automatic pilot and not your brain has to think that oh do you remember this technique no that's why we need to do mm. it like 10,000 times so your body knows automatically what to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's a, a good training objective. And one of the biggest points to become yeah. a good athlete on a high level. Yeah. It's like a little bit like driving. Like if you do it once, you need to wonder every time you go somewhere, what do I have to do now? Which pedal do I need to press on? Yeah. If you keep doing it and training it and training it, then at one point you don't have to think so much. You still need to be very careful, but then you have more time probably also for being careful to what is happening around you rather than what you have to do. Yeah, yeah. It's really yeah. funny you use this because um, literally two days ago I spoke with somebody and he, t he asked me like, okay, can you pay attention to this goalie? And uh, maybe she need to learn how to speak in the water. She's a young goalie. And um, I told him that, okay, yeah, sure. We can check this if it can work. But first I need to check what is her level and all other things. So for mm. example, in the car, you have to change, you know, I don't know how you call it in English. The gear. The gear. the gear. Yes. Yeah. Good, good, good thing. You have to change this, you know. 
as long as she cannot do this automatically, mm-hmm. you not really have a good conversation in the car either. No. You know, in the beginning, if you are talking, you miss or you stop speaking. So first learn the basics like automatically and then go to the next step. It's like with everything like that. Every new technique or every new thing you learn, uh, you need to be able to learn it in, in, in the deep vibe, fibers of this thing yeah. before you can move to the next. Yeah, and I'm interested here also. Um, it's a little out of topic, but it's uh, I find it really interesting. How would you train that part? Because a lot of times you need to move in a parallel way. Meaning that on one side you develop technique, but at the same time you need to develop communication. Therefore, you're driving, for example, you need to develop your technique, but you cannot drive in extremely safe space until you have perfectioned your technique, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it totally makes sense. And and I think for the water, it works the same. Like um, to follow the ball, the goalie has to slide. So the sliding is the gear. You know, mm. like this yeah. is what has to be automatically. And to start to speaking slowly, you can start to say to the blocks, like go to the left and go to the right, yeah. because you have to help them where they block. Um, yeah, you can tell them easy where is the ball. Like this, you make small steps. Yeah. And not at once you are going to decide as a goalie that you want something change. So that's where you start and that's yeah. where you make them grow step by step. Um, yeah. 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 So um, from my understanding is also fundamental and like a big part and more, I would say more than 50% is on technique, on water game, on staying in the water, repeating the exercises. But outside the water, is that correct? Right? Like yeah. it's a big part, yeah, right? It's, it's true. It's a big part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, there is, and we talked about that before, uh, there is a big, big risk of injuries within the water polo environment because of the nature of the sport, the repetitiveness, (laughs) that's the word, right, (laughs) of this this sport, the continuous swimming, the continuous throwing and uh, shooting with the arm, um, which brings also a lot of importance towards whatever other training is done outside that. So to you, the decision, <laughs> do we want to dive deeper maybe into what kind, what are the main injuries that happen in water polo and, or maybe start on the other side to talk about what kind of trainings you do outside Maybe we can merge them. <laughs> I, I wanted to say, I think they are uh, connected to each other. Yeah. They, they definitely are because um, let's let's start with the injury because yeah. uh, water polo player uh, always gets injuries. Um, I don't say every water polo player gets injuries, but I mean like in general, the injury what the water polo gets is the shoulder. Yeah. And it's because the shoulder... Um, it's not built for what we do, like throwing a ball in this position. Um, it's not natural. The body is not made to do this moving and mostly to get uh, this much power from this um, limited 
strained, like limited. Uh, I mean, like the position is so far stretched, like your muscles are so far stretched. And even on that point, that's when you want to make a contraction and give the power. And yeah, so... Yeah, I just want to interrupt you for a second. When you talk about the position, it's a sort of 90 degrees position that goes from the shoulder to the elbow, which is at the same level of both shoulders. And then the arm is up with the ball on it, like you're holding the ball, and then you bring your shoulder behind you. Yeah, you bring your shoulder behind, but not even even that, because then your your chest will be stretched, that's sure. But also that in that position, when your elbow is in 90 degrees, even that, you bring your hand backwards too. So that's why all the way from your chest to your upper arm to your underarm it will be fully stretched fully um lengthened your muscle yeah and and then that's the end end position where from where the player wants to shoot or to pass Mm. it's from that fully strength position we want to go all the way in front like every body part moves all the way in front until you let go of the ball and um, mostly all the way back, there is the position in your shoulder where a lot of uh, ligaments, a lot of uh, parts in your body, mm-hmm. in your shoulder, um, are not um, on the strongest part. You know, they are the strongest when they are in natural position. Mm. But when they are on full stretch, that's, that's where they are most vulnerable. You know, mm. you, you can feel it sometimes when you stretch something, you would feel like, oh, if somebody would push more further, I'm sure it will break. <laughs> and that's that's a little bit the point where we are. And, and it's, it's unconsciously because this is the way how it is, how we use water polo, how we, um, how we do it. Yeah. Um, and, and to be able to, to not get an injury, you need stability stability and coordination in your shoulder and stability and coordination comes from small muscles and small ligaments these small ligaments and muscles are fully strengthened in this position where we just talked about so that's where is the most biggest uh, injuries coming from uh, of course there are more more body parts um, where injuries coming from but this is like the main injury and why it's so important to do dry land because um, the only way to um, train coordination and stability is outside of the water because I just told you before inside of the water there's no gravity you know Mm -hmm. there's no um, good feeling from where it's up and down or where can you feel control it's only your own body who has control over it yeah and Outside of the water, you can train coordination with elastics, with weight or your body weight or movings. It's, um, you know, a water balloon, you know, you, you have this yeah. water balloon in the gym. You can make lunches with them, but you can also do them above your head, stretched your arms. It will make sure you have stability in your shoulders. Yeah. And yeah. and that's why in the water, it's, it's so hard to train this. And that's why we need uh, good trainings on dry land. Yeah, yeah. 
And um, just before moving more into the shoulder, because I think that's a, that's a very interesting part, uh, what other injuries are quite common? Maybe if you can mention one more or two more. Um, quite common is a hip. A yeah. hip because of the egg beaten. It's, it's not really a normal position either. Uh, you can imagine sitting on the office um, a whole day working eight hours and do not stand up. Like when you yeah. stand up, your hip is so stiff and, and everything. Um, this is a little bit the position where is your hip in too. Like it's, it's always continue a little bit twinching in this yeah. high, um, 90 degrees. Yeah. Um, so hip, a little bit your knees because a lot of um, abdominal muscles are pulling there because of the egg beat and breaststrokes. Yeah. And a little bit, uh, but this is more traumatized injury, uh, the elbows for the goalies. Mm. Mm. Because when we save a ball, which is really, really, really strong, our elbows, like in the inside, in front, can get a little bit ruptured. Yeah. 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 But this is only when it's traumatized. And then also with yeah. shoulder, you can have traumatized because when you want to shoot, you are fully stretched, stretched, stretched. Yeah can happen that somebody grabs your arm from behind yeah, yeah you can already imagine <laughs> your face would be like okay please don't do that and yeah it, it does happen unfortunately yeah yeah and that's where the biggest injuries come from yeah yeah, yeah. so i would dive into the shoulder though <laughs> yeah. the shoulder is a very interesting one um and i'm interested now to understand because uh, so we've got the part of uh, water polo needs to be trained in the water, needs to be trained with technique, needs to be trained with a lot of repetition. But this lot of repetition in training and in the game causes injuries, right? So on the, in the land, on the land, we need to train other parts. We talked about coordination. We talked about stability. I believe you train a lot of strength as well because you need to be very strong as athletes. And all these components are together and they are trained separate, together, uh, combined. I'm curious to understand what is the behind the scenes of water polo in the uh, training yeah. of these things. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, um, there's just one kind of training what we have uh, beside the water and it's called, yeah, strength gym. Mm -hmm. um, because we do a lot of um, lifting, actually, we, we do for our legs. Mm -hmm. We want our quadriceps to be strong. Mm -hmm. This is one of the main muscles we use, together with the abdomens. Um, yeah, because legs are a very important part of us. Otherwise, we don't stay with our heads above the water. Yeah. Um, and, but... Sometimes it gets combined with shoulder, with upper body. For example, okay. an overhead squat. You hopefully most of people know what I mean with it. Like yeah, you have a barbell okay. above your head stretched and you make a squat. Mm -hmm. um, because you have your weight on your arms stretched above your head, it can not be so heavy because normally you can bear more weight with your legs than with your arms. But to do this both, you need um, stability and coordination yeah. in your shoulders because otherwise you cannot keep your um, weight above your head with stretched arms while you're making the squat. Um, also, we do sometimes overhead lunges, like the mm -hmm. same idea, 
but then we make a lunge and there is again more stability because sometimes you're standing on one leg mm. and for example we can do it too with just weight in one hand above your head like yeah kettlebell bottom up yeah. you know like that yeah. asks a lot of stability in your shoulder yeah so that's where we try to find always a balance it it sometimes depends in which uh, preparation preparation we are because sometimes we prepare us just okay we want to put a lot of load like we want to load 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 to improve our 1rm uh, to become stronger and then after six or seven weeks we want to change and we want to improve our um, stability or coordination yeah. and then we change a little bit the exercises it's less weight but more um harder exercise like more difficult yeah um but that's the only thing what happened like we are always busy with weights around us mm -hmm. um yeah and 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 sometimes it's uh depends on which player you are for me i'm a goalie so i need more legs than arms but the player needs to shoot and swim so they need stronger arms yeah so that's where we try to look specific to the players needs. yeah yeah and uh how do you feel with this kind of training because um to me sounds the description of the water polo game very complicated and the training on lens simplified in a way so um i probably have a bit of a uh critical vision on towards this and the reason why is um, maybe because I teach movements and therefore movements that are also more um, that access more range of motion um, when I think about movements such as squats or overhead squats and I think as them as a like as very important part of a training because you need to get strength there as well but somehow they do not access many range of motion they don't they create stability in the shoulder but they don't and involve coordination and such but they don't work on any range of motion so my question here comes what if someone doesn't have that range of motion because overhead squats you take 10 people and probably i don't know i want to say four maybe three i don't know do it yeah. very well um yeah. And what I see is that sometimes when you load, and here uh, you also mentioned a very interesting point when we had a conversation, but when you load something that is not, doesn't have a good range of motion, that may can cause worse the situation to happen. But I remember one sentence you mentioned is that you need to be very careful with this, especially with elite athletes, because you don't want to, change a body that functions well. I remember something like that you said. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. say it very well because, um, yeah, I, I think I imagine um, the, the example of ice skater uh, mm. and ice skater's hamstrings, uh, don't touch them. Like, don't try to lengthen them. And for a water polo player, it works a little bit the same. Like, already uh, we are flexible in our um our right shoulder i wanted to say but depends if you are right hander or left hander mm -hmm. so if you are right hander your right shoulder is more flexible and your back is more easily turning that side 
than would be to the other side. Yeah. And, and, and normally you would like to see that the body moves equally left and right because the range of motion, you would like to see it. Yeah. But don't try to change uh, an athlete's body to march um, just because normally it should move that way because <laughs> sometimes an athlete's body is really built on doing good what it's supposed to be doing during the sport yeah and not just outside of the water i mean i would love to be able to turn left just as easy as right to grab something from a table or something but hey that's not my main goal yeah um what i can say about the dry land trainings uh, about this um also because i study physiotherapy now mm -hmm. um we learn a lot about functional training and i think that's what you mean with studying moving moving too like you do um you want to see as much as possible um the functional way what we use in the sport um for example we can squat with weight but think about it does it come even close to breaststroke leg or egg beaten like really we we just spoke <laughs> about it what do you do like Ah, we don't have a ground to push from. Yeah. So and and that's what makes water polo really really hard. Don't understand me wrong that I don't agree with the training at all because it's maybe the only way how to make your legs stronger is to do squats, to do lunges, to do other kind of like one leg squats or Bulgarian split squats. We have a lot of exercises to make our body stronger. But think about it, in the water, we don't make the same moving because mm. we can't. We don't have gravity. We don't have a stable ground to push from. And that's even just one part. If we want to be functional in stabilizing our shoulder, then we need to always think about what do we do in the moving when we shoot or we pass or when we block because sometimes we put our hands up of the above the water to block the ball not with stretched arm but 90 degrees too so yeah it's it's really hard to make this functional in dryland training mm. um, but i do agree that we should be more focusing on the range of motion and in which part of the range of motion do we use uh, stability when we put uh, our own power, eh, when we want to make a contraction or when we want to be stability, for example, with the block, because during the block, you always want to have continued power and stability. But with the other movings, it's dynamic. Yeah, yeah. So... This is really hard, and I think we can still approve a lot in the training. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a possibility to improve this in our dry land trainings. But once again, I now when I am studying physiotherapy, I know how hard it is to be able to combine both. Yeah. Like training your strength, but also keep it functional. Yeah. Yeah, and when, when you talk about that, I also see, um, let's take, for example, the squat. You have different kind of squats. You have the Bulgarian squat, you have split squat, you have one-leg squat, normal squat. But what they do normally, they are quite fixed positions. 
what I would say uh, there, and uh, it's also to, because, okay, so <laughs> I'm getting confused in my own thoughts, but what I mean is um, when you train in a, in a way that is fixed and regularly fixed, meaning that you always do the squat in the same position, you always do the split squat in the same position, whatever swimmer squat or whatever it is, wouldn't you want to load the body in different ways and in different positions during your land training? Because when you are ultimately, when you are in, in the water, you're not going to move in the same way. You're not going to move, you're not going to make the same movements all the time. Yeah, even if you're throwing and that's repetitive, but maybe one time is 90 degrees angle, one time is 92 degrees angle, one time is, I don't know, like it changes a little bit. So there are a lot of external factors as well that have a role. And uh, so what I'm going with this is, what if the training that you do in land was more diversified? What if you still train the strength and you still train the stability and you still train coordination, but you access different motions, different movements with your body, movements that maybe are a little bit more different from what you're used to. And of course, then uh, with my expertise, I think about animal flow as well, um, but not necessarily only, but a lot of ground-based movements where you explore the space more. What do you think about this, Osa? Um, yeah, I, I would agree because in water polo, like you said, it's one time you're in the water, like straight vertical, but actually always you are different. Sometimes you are a little bit more on your left side. Sometimes you are a little bit more on your belly. Sometimes you're a little bit more on your back. Sometimes you have an opponent who is grabbing you mm. your swimming suit. So even without the opponent who is always making everything harder or your own position is in the water like constantly different yeah. the only position i could think of that would make the same uh, moving repeated same is a goalie because we don't have physical context and we basically are more vertical in the water than horizontal mm. um yeah and we move simple the same movements but yeah. even then even then we are not the same every every single time yeah sometimes we jump higher sometimes we jump lower sometimes we have to jump faster yeah sometimes the player is closer and, and you know uh, so i what i want to say is i agree with you that the trainings on dry land should be just as variated as it is in the water yeah and 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 i do think we try because for example we do box jumps like we mm -hmm. want to do these jumps uh for explosivity um but still that's that's like you stand in front of the box you go down and in one second you push up and you stand there but this doesn't happen in the water in the, ha in the water you are firstly you're swimming like 10 meter you are sprinting your ass off then you're laying there you get a ball in your face like here catch and then <laughs> you have to jump and shoot like yeah. you know you stand the box is coming and sh so that's where i think there should be more uh, possibilities in variating like how you say the movings inside the dry land yeah. and then maybe we should 
put aside that we want to train the power. And uh, maybe we should put that in another, um, how do you say, time limit of preparation. But this moving should be more defined. Like how yeah. you said, I, I yeah. totally agree because then it would be more functional for yeah, yeah in the water. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you multiple times you mentioned also about the phases that you have of training. And yeah, like we're not here to say like strength of training doesn't work. It's of course a big, big part. Uh, you need strong legs and the best way to get strong legs is actually to load. So yeah, to create yeah. a load. Uh, the point becomes more like how, what kind of body do you want to load? And if the body is not functional, then the load maybe dysfunctional for the body itself as well. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. I mean, like if you want an exercise to be in, in one position, but the player is not allowed or not be able to get to this range of motion, then you cannot ask them to do this exercise like that. Like, um, because it's not functional. Yeah. And, you know, you will not do the exercise how the trainer supposedly wants you to do it. So then, yeah. then my question is, then why would you do it? Because hmm. the question what the trainer wants to see and wants to train this um, subject, it's not working because the athlete is not um, able to perform it like that. Yeah. So why why would you ask it? You should change it because the range of motion yeah. is limited, huh? Because it limits your athlete. Okay, it it can be a problem. If it is a problem, you go to the physio, you try to change it, and then you go back to your gym trainer again and you do the exercise. But what if what we just spoke about, the athlete is built like it for a reason? Yeah, and that's where the trainers have to be looking differently. Not like look from just a gym gym trainer eye. Like I want you to do overhead squat because it's giving you stability and full body. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I cannot reach with my left arm as far above my head as my right. Okay, but then you will be not straight with your arms. Your left arm will be more in front. Is it a good idea to do a, a, a overhead squat then? Is it then yeah. what you want to achieve? No, yeah. it is not because you will use other muscles. You will do different things in your body yeah. to do just what he wants. But, you know, in the water, maybe you need yeah. it in another way. Yeah. And I try to explain, like, um, we need our full range of motion. Sure, we do but also we have our limits and we have to work with them. We have to work with these limits. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because I believe there are certain forms of movement that step a little bit away from the standard way of training that actually work on your range of move, motion. Um, so uh, they work on your range of motion, but also on the stability that you can reach and achieve in that new achieved range of motion. So um, I notice a lot of times, for example, uh, a couple of years ago, I was training uh, with the animal flow, the national, the, the damas from the, um, the 
the Dutch team, so not the top national team, but the one below. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I've noticed is, yeah, well, sometimes very strong lack of range of motion, but not only in the shoulder, for example, um, but also in the spine, for instance. When we did with you, Laura, uh, we tried some animal flow movements. You have quite a good movement. So I guess like being a physio and being a, um, a trainer like gives you a little bit of a bigger vision. Yeah, it helps. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. But often there's uh, like the spine, for example, is quite stuck because a lot of the movements, the spine is rigid. And that's another point I want to mention, actually, in a lot of um, normal dry land training, the standard one, let's refer to like squat, overhead squats, split squat, a standard training. There's a lot of rigidity in the spine. All those exercises are made out, like are performed from a straight spine. You're not curving it, you're not moving, you're not exploring other parts. But in water polo, you're not always rigid, actually, because you bend, you flex, you so you flex, you extend your spine, you move sideways, and sometimes you need that flexibility to reach and allow your spine to take its natural course. Um, so when I talk about also movement is in that sense is what can we do so that what happens in the water becomes stronger and becomes more uh, functional. We said that many times, but yeah. 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 Because I think being a top performing athlete, it's all about functional. Um, But uh, for this, uh, I, I do, I agree because, okay, for me, again, as a goalie, <laughs> it's, it's different because mm-hmm. we do are more vertical than others. Yeah. But I would try to explain to you how a player moves because a player starts from the defense. It's laying opposite to the defender. They want to go to the attack. The first thing they do is they want to turn over next to the opponent. So what they do is they grab, they go to the side. So from horizontal mm. vertical, they go already to horizontal. Yeah. They turn from the belly, they turn to the right side. They want to start the backstroke, so they turn to the back. Yeah. They start to swim backstroke. From the backstroke, they turn back to freestyle. Yeah. Okay, that's just from one, one start. But then the ball comes. When you want to catch the ball, you cannot be horizontal. So you go fast from horizontal um, up, you stretch your body, you catch it, the ball. But as soon as you want to pass the ball, you uh, need to rotate your body. So Mm -hmm. again, with your shoulder in 90 degrees, elbow 90 degrees, also your spine needs to rotate. So you're vertical and rotating. <laughs> if you want to pass it, you rotate back. And yeah. like that, the body from a player is really literally moving every single way side. Yeah. Like you can't even imagine um, you can do it on land, but in the water you can move every side because you don't have gravity to fall down. Yeah. So that's what's making in the water. You have to be so flexible, like... Maybe you're like a little lizard in the water, you know, moving so much sides, frontwards, backwards, halfly rotated, and then move to horizontal. Or you can 
not think crazy enough about how they have to move in the water yeah so yeah then once again look to the gym look to the dry land and think about it like why we are fixing always everything already we have a good benefit of our training because everything we train everything we do it's with um loose weights we are not on um yeah. how do you call it an, machines a, or a machine yes yeah. we are not on the machines because then really your body is so fixed yeah so already that we are very good like we do everything with our own body we yeah. have to fix our own body but then yeah once again like okay check it like a player has to move and rotate so many ways and and be explosive be conditionally well trained and give a lot of power because yeah you want to pass strong and and fast yeah and yeah so this is a really big part but it's important that the range of motion also from the spine is very needed yeah yeah it would be very interesting while you are describing all of that it would be really interesting to have like a 3D figure of a water polo player without the external world, but all the movements it's actually doing while plays. Can you, yeah. like, I'm imagining just a, this 3D figure and like moving in all direction. Yeah. You cannot imagine, like, really, they, they turn their bodies around upside down and even without an opponent. Like, yeah. um, it, you have to be even also then control of the ball but you have to be not really flexible, you know, like it's not being able to put your hands on the ground with stretch legs. No, it's a different yeah. kind of flexible. It's like yeah. you have to be able to move your own body inside the water with the ball, with the defender, and also with the thing to not drown yourself. You have to stay above the water. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why, indeed, if you would be really curious about it um there are cameras on under the water a lot of times uh, and if you would be looking with um with an eye on it like which kind of movings the body would make it's it's countless countless yeah. ways the body go yeah yeah and that's fascinating you also mentioned um a different kind of being flexible and uh, that makes me think about some of the trainings that are what that I've seen happening in uh, water polo teams is yoga training. And despite the fact that I believe yoga can be good, but I don't fully see it as a good solution for you, for water polo players, because what you do in yoga, you create flexibility, you create flexibility, you stretch, but then you leave it. And what I see as being a little bit more functional for a water polo player is to create the flexibility, but to strengthening after. So that you don't lose, you get the range, but then you create stability on it, you create coordination on it, you create strength on it. So you consolidate it more. So as you said, like it's not about the downward dog, for example, stretching your legs and being able to bring your heels down on the ground. That's not necessarily, except if that range of motion, and that's at least my view of it, the range of motion is very strong. So it's com- it comes from very strong hamstrings, very strong glutes. Yeah, yeah. I think you explained very good now. Like, we have to be flexible. We have to be able 
to move our body in one position, but in that position, we need power, we need coordination and strength. Yeah. Our body cannot be fully relaxed in that position. You know, yeah. I think that's what you're trying to explain in this. In yoga, you maybe find one position, and you try to relax in that position. Yeah. Well, actually, in the water, you try to find this position because you need to move, you need to jump, pass, whatever. But you need the strength in that moment. You need the stability at that moment because yeah. anytime you need to give a pass or anytime when your opponent wants to jump on you, you need yeah. to be able to activate and react and then maybe push your yeah. legs to jump or yeah. anything so yeah it's it's partly flexible but also being able to um yeah con contract your muscles yeah. to, to take action yeah so be very strong in that flex in that yeah, flexibility that yeah, in that position yeah, yeah. so I think it needs to be done also very gradually so then you don't access one position then you go a little bit you stay longer you go farther you go farther but the problem there is like okay but are you strong there because if you're not then once you get there and you try to make the movement you actually hurt yourself because yeah. there's no strength there's no power there's no stability of all your ligaments as you mentioned that before yeah, there could yeah. come your injury from. Like yeah. we need we need our shoulder to go in that position because then we can get maximum yeah. strength and speed. But that doesn't mean in that position that all our body is relaxed. No, it needs control. It needs yeah. um, coordination and stability there. Yeah. So in yeah. that kind of flexibility, we do need stability. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. I think we have covered many, many points. And one of the main things we talked about is also like how important it is not to fix on a certain kind of training as being the only one, especially in sports that involve your body in so many ways and yourself as an athlete in so many ways from conditioning, from swimming, from uh, strength, uh, flexibility, mobility, like it takes everything in and it puts it together. So how, like, <laughs> I think I just want to close this podcast with the questions, like how can we be more smart in the way we train water polo players and not, well, I'd be more efficient in a way as well. So then it doesn't go only in the fixed direction of strength training done in a ABC way, but yes, strength tra training, but how can we incorporate that to other form of training that allow your body to actually do what it does in the water? I think that's, uh, I don't know if you want to maybe share something else that you want to leave <laughs> with, <laughs> leave us with. Um, no, I, I um, why I'm so interested and why I wanted to have this conversation with you too is because um, recently I have been in this situation that um, I restarted my career as a top sport athlete. Um, I stopped, I quit two years of training, no training at all because of the COVID, no swimming, nothing. And before that, my body was fully trained. Like I could handle everything. I didn't have an injury in years, like nowhere. Um, 
And coming back from doing nothing two years, it uh, made me realize and my physios and my trainer that, hey, Laura, you have to start up again, but not everything because actually you're basically strained your uh, power from your big muscles. It's fine. But the muscles from your small, the strength from your small muscles, Mm. your coordination and stability, it's less. And I was having an injury. I was having pain in my neck. And you would think that, oh, it's your spine. But no, it was my shoulder. Uh, My shoulder was not stable enough and not trained enough in the small ligaments. I was not getting my full range of motion because my scapula was not moving well. Um, And that's why I was uh, moving from my neck, my muscles. And that's Mm. where it came from pain came from so because of it this I started to uh, train uh, separately I get personal training from my physios exercise everything so I started to learn how to build up all the way from the these basics again and that's why it was so interested you came with it because I did a lot of things with this moving and range of motion being flexible but also being strong in this part because I need to be able to put my arm up above my head because maybe one player will shoot there but if I cannot put up my left arm as far as my right yeah everybody will shoot on my left arm yeah you know okay but we can make it loose you know we can have a massage to be able I can put up my arm above my head okay but what then the ball Mm -hmm. come on my hand and I don't have power there yeah so I had functional and precise training for my <laughs> left shoulder to be able to have the co- coordination to have the power yeah in this limited position yeah so um with this personal training I was um learning so much about how functional actually it should be yeah. And, um, and, and, and yeah, I was an exception. And, and I think for every injured player, it's always like uh, amazing one part. And very, um, you can learn a lot from it because if you get an injury, you learn your own body so good. Like yeah. really, you start to listen, you start <laughs> to feel what's, what's going on. Um, but I should, uh, we should be doing this with young athletes. Yeah. Already when they start to play water polo when they are 10 years old and you can see they want to play a lot and train a lot, they need to be learning this functional coordination, flexibility and stability um, to be able to move the bodies inside the water and do not get injuries. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. why this, this was so interesting for me because of my personal story with this. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's more ways how to become a good athlete. And that's why um, I would be open to try different things. I always am. You can better try and think, oh, this is this part, this small part I can use. Yeah. Then not not try at all. I mean, you, you don't have to do yoga if you don't want to. But if there is one exercise yeah. that you think ah, this really helps, me, <laughs> then use this one exercise. You yeah. Know, if if that makes you a better athlete, it is it can be great. It can always yeah. help. 
because we want perfection. Yeah, yeah. And very important point that you mentioned is sometimes is, oh, I'm going to start yoga. I start all yoga. Or I'm going to start animal flow. Oh, I need to do this crazy flow. And oh, yeah, no, water polo players don't need to be able to flow. True. I agree 100%. I would never start like an hour of like so only flow with water polo players. But what if within this, there is an exercise that actually gives you what you're looking for and allows you to explore multiple. So that's a very multiple planes of motion. So that's to me a very interesting point of view. It's not about the all discipline that you may start, but it's about what in different disciplines can be useful for your own training or yeah. what specific exercise. Yeah, exactly. What, what can yeah. be useful for you as an athlete and that's what what's I mean with functional. Yeah. What can you use during your sports? Yeah. 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 Very, very interesting. <laughs> we could go on talking forever, I think. Um, but uh, but I would say that we can close it here. We have covered different points um, and different points we wanted to cover. And then uh, if there's more interest and if this develops, we can always have another one. Um, is there something maybe before we close that you feel the need to like inform people about? Maybe saying a little bit more about where you're going to be? Uh, and when are you going to go to Hungary also? Like, I'm curious. Mm, yeah, well, actually, I, I stay in Holland okay. for half a year uh, because I want to focus on the study, physiotherapy. Okay. I have, uh, until January, some practical lessons and everything. It's, it's the last from uh, the study. And around January, February, I will move to Hungary. I will live there. Uh, again, because I already played there for three years. Oh, uh, oh yeah, it's okay. Long, long time ago, I think in 2017, I went there. I played there three years, um, and now I go back. So yeah, I'm really excited for this. Um, for now, the national team has a rest because the last summer was crazy. Was amazing. We became third in the world champs, and um, yeah, <laughs> I had a delightful time i'm so happy to be back in the national team yeah and i'm looking forward to uh, go to the limits of my own body because i feel i just started in in december and mm. i feel like there's much more to achieve um so i'm really looking forward uh to this yeah. um so yeah there's a lot of yeah good things are looking forward in my future so yeah yeah, yeah. Happy yeah. About it. and by the way we haven't mentioned but you are 26 years old so yeah. all this like already in the past three years in Hungary and <laughs> <laughs> so all these things and all the studies and all this knowledge is coming from a lot of experience within the sport since you are when did you start with it um yeah actually I started to play water polo since I was 11 and yeah. actually that's that's late um for a lot of players um, always liked I always loved swimming um, yeah but I, I went really fast because I was um, 19 when I went to my first world champs with the senior Whoa. okay um, already before I went to junior championships um, so I was really fast in my career I was yeah. really young when I went to the seniors and um, 
So yeah, it feels like I already had a lifetime of water polo. <laughs> started again, but yeah, I'm 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 26 and I have <laughs> a lot of time more to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I am always so curious to learn new yeah. things, to try new things, and that's why the conversation with you now, Sarah, it's so interesting <laughs> for me to just talk about and think about these things uh, yeah. that's why i do physio the body is so yeah. interesting yeah 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 well laura thank you thank you so much for uh for yeah for being here and uh, who knows and maybe we do another one um let's see but uh yeah so thank you so much and uh, we'll see you playing right thank you so much too. and uh, yes. what about the olympics by the way are you uh, yes. aiming there <laughs> <laughs> yes of course it's uh the bigger goal the bigger part yeah uh but first we need to win the ticket to go and uh, hopefully next summer we have a world champs in uh, fukuyo it's in uh, the asia port mm -hmm. so hopefully there if we became first or second we will have a ticket but okay. sure that, that <laughs> paris is my main goal yeah 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 well we hope to see you in Paris then. Yeah. But I in any case, too, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> playing water polo, maybe. <laughs> ah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> nice. Thank you so much, Laura. You're welcome. Ciao. Bye. Ciao. 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 <laughs>